Happy Father's Day. Let's work this here. Oh, here we go. I love this movie. I just figured, we, you know, it's Father's Day. We can kind of do things a little different here, a little more manly or something. Uh, you know, it's so, uh, it's so encouraging uh, to celebrate Father's Day. Uh, a few months ago, two months ago, uh, we had our second son. And uh, we have two, two boys, Ezra, little Rara, and Noah Marley. And uh, we're so grateful for them, so grateful for my wife. Uh, I love being at this stage of life with her. Uh, we both became Christians as teenagers, and uh, we've kind of grown up. The church uh, has been our mothers and so many fathers that we have in the church. So many of you have been fathers to us. And so we appreciate you and we're, we're grateful for you. You know, uh, having kids is just fun, isn't it? Awkward moment. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I remember uh, when we had Ezra, I was just in shock, like, okay, we have a kid now. And now having two and saying, oh, i got to go get my kids. It's, you know, it's kind of still like, whoa. And uh, especially now because we're getting sleep now. So it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're more conscious. And so we're realizing, oh, we do have two kids. First month, you know, you're just half awake all the time. You kind of don't realize what's what's going on. You know, uh, this weekend has really been great. Uh, there's a great NBA game later tonight. God's encouraging us right there for the men. And uh, yesterday we had our soccer tournament, our our LA Church soccer tournament, and uh, we were in the semifinals. And uh, we, you know, the uh, San Diego comes up. Uh, and they're a powerhouse because they just pick all the best players for the whole San Diego church and come up. And uh, they've been beating us every single year, knocking us off. We haven't been to the finals in like four years. And, uh, you know, I was all excited to play, so I thought, okay, let me go, and, you know, kind of work out a little bit, run around, play some soccer, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday prior, and then I rolled my ankle. Couldn't play. And, uh, you know, as they say, those that can't do teach, right? That's probably not true if you're a teacher, by the way. <clears throat> so I had to, uh, I had to coach, and, uh, I thought, okay, there's less pressure if you're coach, but in fact, no, there's not, because you're the one giving directions. So the outcome kind of falls on you. Anyway, we did, we, did, we were able to get to the final. We beat San Diego four to one. And, um, <clears throat> So we were in the final after five years. By the way, we've never been able to win this trophy. And uh, I can tell you today, we still have not won this trophy. Because we lost against the Central Region 2-1. to one. But uh, it, was, it was fun. Um, I'm over it now. I got my Father's Day gift this morning. I'm excited. But I'm really excited to be here with you guys. I remember I used to take so many pictures... Uh, with Ezra, and uh, you know, I love taking pictures with my boys. I just want to remember uh, this moment. And our second boy, Noah, he's just a growing boy. He's up to 12 pounds already, uh, and just kind of, he's going to be a big guy. Um, but I remember taking this picture, you know, and you just do all kinds of things with your kids that you want to remember, and sometimes it kind of backfires a little bit. 
Um, but, you know, we won't show him that. You know, it's, uh, it's great to see what God does in your life when you allow him to lead your life. And I appreciate how much of the Bible is emphasized for us to understand that God loves us. You know, so much in literature, or even in other religions, it's about man pursuing dad. That's one of the major themes in in literature. Dad looking for his, or a man looking for his father. And some people say, well, literature, the Bible is the same way. It's a man looking for his father. But no, the Bible is exactly the opposite of that. The Bible is a father looking for his sons. A father looking for his children. And so I don't know if you've had the time or the thought to tell God happy Father's Day. And if you haven't, the day is still young. I want to encourage you to get some time in prayer and really thank God. And we'll talk a little bit about this. That's our boys. You know, when we first got married, everybody was wondering or would tell us, not a lot of people would tell us, I wonder how your kids are going to look like. That was one of the main things people would say to us, especially our family. Hey, when are you guys going to have kids? A lot of pressure if you're Latin and 25, been married for three years and don't have kids. Apparently, it's weird to wait five years to have kids. Um, but we're really grateful to have kids, and that's, that's what they look like right now. You know, it's so awesome. God says in Ephesians chapter 5, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I love this aspect of God's heart where he says, "Here's I want you to know who I am and how I feel about you, but not just that, I want you to imitate me." And one of my favorite qualities about God now, one of the qualities about God that moves my heart the most is the quality of him being a father, as a single man, and even as a young married man without kids, my favorite quality about God was that he was a warrior. Exodus 3.15, the Lord is a warrior. And that was the quality about God that would just stir my soul the most. After having kids, and it makes more sense, and it moves my heart more to think about him as a father. You know, for me, I'm more self-accused. Kind of feel guilty a lot. Sometimes that's a good thing because it kind of gets me back on track. Sometimes that's a bad thing because I miss out on God's grace. Some of us are way on the other side, right? We need to be reminded that we are a little bit responsible in situations. And sometimes it's good because... To be this way because you don't slow down a lot. You just kind of keep going. But you do need those reminders. One or the other is not good. The goal is in the middle. And that's who God is, right? God is full of grace and truth. 
It's so cool that he calls us to imitate him, to be just like him. I love this quality about God. And so with me being more self-accused, you know, there's times where I'm in bed and I'm just, I'm going through scenarios in my mind of that day or last week and I'm just getting accused all the time. And then I feel insecure in my prayer life because I'm like, man, am I not praying enough? This is just kind of, not all the time, I don't live this way. It just comes now and then, every now and then. Then I remember, well, there's no way that I would feel this way about my kids for a long time. Sometimes, you know, you do get a little annoyed. But, you know, it goes away because they, they take a nap still. <clears throat> but it just helps me to understand God more when I'm like, I would never feel this way about my kids. And to know, wow, God, this is how he feels about me if I'm his son. And that's why this quality of him being a father is my favorite. And I hope we see that a little bit today about God. Regardless of where you are in your beliefs or your faith or where your heart is or how you're doing physically right now, I hope we all walk away understanding we have a great Father in heaven who is pursuing us, who has given up Jesus so that we can, too can become His children. In Matthew 22, by the way, turn your Bibles to Ephesians 2, please. But in Matthew 26, as Jesus is getting ready to take the cross, and it's this, you know, he's in this garden of Gethsemane with his guys, and he's saying, hey guys, stay awake and pray with me, and he's kind of praying three times, okay, let your will be done, not mine. And every time he prays, or those three times, he says, my father, it's possible for this cup to be taken away. Unless I drink it, let your will be done. And then he says that again, and every time he says, my father, my father, then he gets arrested. Then he starts getting tortured and accused, condemned, crucified. And he's hanging on the cross. And he calls out, but he doesn't say, my father, anymore. He says, my God, my God. Jesus, for the first time, refers to the Father as God. Because He died for your sins. He died for my sins, for our sins. What separates us from God? Sins. So as He's hanging on the cross, Jesus is carrying on the sins of the world. Therefore, He's separated from the Father and can no longer refer to Him as that. Father. He says, my God. And I hope with our study to today that you get a little closer to God where you can refer to Him more as your Father, less as your God. That's what He desires. Father us, to lead us, to serve us, to inspire us, to mold us. Amen? And then we're called to imitate Him. You know, I love the Lion King. I don't remember the last time I saw the Lion King all the way through, but I love the scene in in the Lion King here. Let's watch it. It reminds me a little bit about God. Hello. I've got the 
Love that scene. You know, for those of us that are still living at home and we have a father, I hope you really express your gratitude for him today. One of the reasons that clip moves my heart, because I remember watching it as a teen and looking, starting to look back in my life and noticing realizing, understanding, wait a minute, I don't have a dad. Because growing up without a father was just normal. I don't have a relationship. My parents were divorced when I was three. My, my dad lives in Mexico. There was no relationship with me and him at all. So it was just normal. It was grandpa, uncles. But then you, as a teen, you start kind of looking back in your life and examining things and you start feeling things and you realize... You know, I don't have any memories of dad holding me, of dad encouraging me. I'll never have those memories. That will never be a part of my life, ever. For those of you who are younger, living at home, your dad's still with you, I hope you express your gratitude for him. I never had that chance, and I never will. And many of us grew up in similar situations. Many of us, in the last few years, even in, buried our dads because our fathers passed away. Dad's alive. 
encourage them. Tell them how much you love them. Don't waste his challenges. Don't waste his discipline. Don't waste his wisdom, his strength, his courage, his desire to defend you, his desire to protect you. It may not always come across right, but that's the intention. That's the heart. He loves you. He didn't walk away. You know, having two boys and seeing them as they were born, it's like this tiny little thing that you've known for two hours. And you're like willing to like jump on top of a grenade to save the baby or jump in front of a car. I mean, two hours I've known this tiny little thing, little brown thing. It's our kids. And it just kind of hit me also, how could a man walk away not want a relationship with kids? And seeing Ezra crawl and walk and talk back, fall out in public, preach his favorite word? No, no, no. Could you walk away? This is for you who has a dad at home providing courage. Don't waste your relationship. Many of us did not have that. Some of us have stepfathers. You know, growing up with a single mom, man, I desire, I hope for my mom to get married. I really wanted her to. I just wanted a dad. And those of us that are in blended families, I appreciate you. I know a lot of you, and I know how much you love your kids, and they're not your stepkids. They are your kids. And deep down, I don't know how that relationship is going with your kids, but they know. And if you have that, you have that stepfather at home, I hope you also display your gratitude, because, again, many of us wish we had that, and we did not. Amen? You know, the scripture, we don't have time to read it, but in Hebrews 12, it talks about how, you know, our fathers did their best, but God will always do his best. Our our fathers tried their best, and sometimes it just didn't come out right. Sometimes the timing was just off, and that's probably going to happen again and again. But with God, his timing is always perfect. For me, it's a little challenging to connect emotionally with God sometimes because I don't have that muscle memory of emotionally connecting with my own father. And so it's difficult to connect with God. I understand he loves me. I understand he's with me. I understand there's grace, but sometimes I don't feel it. I get it because I've been a Christian for 12 years. I read the scriptures. Sometimes I still don't feel it. And so I have to go with what I know because it's biblical. I know many of us can, can also relate to that. So for the teens who have fathers at home, if there's opportunities to just pray with your dad, take them. Those times may not be back. Take them. 
There's times you're a parent, your dad wants to give you some advice. Take it. Listen to it. Consider it. Some of us did not, did not have that. Let's read Ephesians 2. In verse 1, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. Here's a baptism reference. That's when we were raised with Christ. And seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no man can boast. And we'll conclude in verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. The fact that we can refer to God as Father, or we have that opportunity, it's because of His love, because of His mercy, and because of His grace. We do not deserve Him being our Father. We don't deserve Him pursuing us, and yet He has. And Paul here, he just presents kind of his life, and he presents a spiritual truth in all of us. He shares about his past. He shares about the present. And he shares about the future. And he shares his past in verse 1 through 3. He shares who he was. And he says that he was a son of disobedience. That he was an object of wrath. That he was spiritually dead. That he himself was following the pattern of the world. The pattern of the world is what we are also tempted. And hopefully we've escaped, but it's still there. It's still around us, right? And for dads, I think the ways of this world, the pattern of this world, I think has to do with three things. One is humanism. Being humanistic. What that is, is it places man, it places you above all else. Man is the measure of the end of all things. Each man is his own boss. His own standard of good. Those four very dangerous words. I'm a good person. 
based on who? Our own standards. Sometimes we can, this is the way of the world, where we can be humanistic and think about ourselves, not through God's eyes. And think about God through our own eyes and misunderstand Him, misunderstand ourselves, and we go about, about the kingdom of the air. Can you relate to his past? We can totally relate to his past. The next one, the next thing is materialism. That's also a way of the world. Placing value on physical things, especially money. And the third one is perversion. That's definitely the way of the world. Sexual perversion dominates our modern society most than any other society. Sexuality, sexuality is used to promote and persuade in virtually every field of marketing and self-pleasure. That is so true. That's the way of this world. And as, as dads, as men, as future fathers, we could be lost to this and lose our way with our own Father. And Paul realizes that says, hey, this is who I used to be. But then he says, but this is who I am now, and it's because of His love. It's because of His grace. It's because of His mercy. It's because of the Father's search for me. And it's so awesome that regardless of our past, that God can still change the course of our life. Not just physically, but more importantly, more importantly, spiritually. That's God's desire. That's why Jesus took the cross. That's why Jesus was willing to say, My God. Giving up His relationship with the Father so that you and I can have that relationship. Amen? And then He talks about the future. What we will be. If you were to walk with God all the days of your life, from this day to the last one, who will you be? If you allow Him to be your dad, if you allow yourself to emotionally connect with Him, if you allow yourself to hold on to His Word and live it out, who will you be? You see, God's already made His decision about us by dying on the cross. He wants to give us that mercy because He's rich in mercy. He wants to give us that love. He wants to give us that grace. You know what God did in my life? He broke a generational sin that my kids, if I remain close to God, will have a father. That's God's plan for all of us, that He can end those generational sins and change, alter the course of where our families are going. That's what He desires. I'll share a little bit here about my past. And having, having Noah a few months ago definitely stirred this in my heart. And I was wrestling whether I should share this or not because I've shared it 
other times before, and I don't want to lose what it is. I don't want to lose the meaning of this. I don't want to share it to share it. So I was a little hesitant. I was a little nervous to share it. But the reality is it glorifies God. It displays what Paul is talking about. It displays God's grace and God's mercy. Mercy. And some of us may not relate to it, and that's great. I hope you never do. You know, I was when I was in high school, I was in a relationship with my girlfriend from high school for about two, three years, which in high school, that is an eternity. Drama. And unfortunately, we did not follow God's plan. We started being sexually immoral, started having sex outside of marriage, obviously. And I just felt so guilty all the time, but you just don't want to hear that voice. I knew better. My mom had raised me better. Her parents had raised her better, but we just totally compromised. We gave ourselves to right there, what it says in verse 1 through 3, just our sinful nature. And I remember for many times, a few times, she thought that she was pregnant. And we were like, oh, we'll never do this again. Sin is powerful. And after a while, you just lose control of your decisions. And you're just led by your instincts and your desires. So it turned out that one time she did become pregnant. And I remember that she took the pregnancy test in high school. Which, by the way, that is totally normal. We go to high schools now. That is totally normal. I remember as she was walking down the hallway, never forget that day, that feeling I had, that guilt, look in her eyes, Obvious. Positive. And we wrestled through what we would do for a few few days. My shame, I decided for us to have an abortion. For $320, we found a clinic in Long Beach. Here's a picture of that clinic. And we had the abortion on a school day. Up the appointment. We were in a room, kind of like the size of this stage. A lot of people, about our age and a little older. And it was one of the darkest, spiritually darkest places I've ever been. No one was talking. It was like this. We all knew we were about to commit. Maybe we told ourselves something else. That was a fact. Remember her name being called. It happening. I sat there. I said, "What am I doing?" I didn't want to think. I didn't want to feel. I remember going home. We're going back to school that same day. And we told ourselves, "We'll never do this again." Sin is sin. The Bible's true. Anyone who's in sin is a slave to his sin. We were back in that sin a few weeks later. 
I felt bad, but not to the point of repenting. Many times I wanted to go to church, I wanted to feel better, I said all kinds of different prayers, I tried to read the Bible, but I just felt so distant from God. Condemned by Him. How I felt. And it wasn't until I was reached out to and I studied the Bible and I found out that God can forgive me. That He died, that I, I am totally responsible of sin, but that He took the punishment for me. Maybe your past is not as quote-unquote dramatic, and I hope it's not. Maybe it's similar. The reality is, we all do have a past. We all have a need of grace. We all have a need of salvation. We all have a need of love. And it's so awesome because He wants to give it to us. You know the present I now get to have two boys. It's God's grace. It's totally God. All I did 12 years ago was give up my life to serve Him. When you're studying the Bible, that sounds like a lot. But man, after 12 years, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that I said yes. And really, I said yes according to Scripture because God Himself gave me the faith to say yes. So even us saying yes to studying the Bible, yes to becoming Christians, yes to getting baptized, yes to living for Him, it's not even our credit. This Scripture says, God gave us that faith. He's really done all the work, so deserves all the credit. And that's what Paul realized. It's not about me. It's not about my past. It's, not even about, it's about God. Him rescuing me even though I don't deserve it. And Paul learned to celebrate in God's grace. And I hope I get there. And I hope we get there. But you know, the story I just told you happened in 2000. I got baptized in 2001. And in 2011, our son was born. And when we found out that he, that Tina was pregnant, we were so happy. And I remember going to the doctor and, you know, you do that ultrasound and you hear that crazy noise that it's actually the heart. Like, what was going on in there? Tina, what did you eat? But, you know, the, the doctor reassures, no, that's the heart. I remember we, we walked out of the, 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 our, our doctor's appointment and I, it just kind of hit me. The time of the pregnancy where we heard the heart was about the same time when the abortion happened. And when I thought about that heartbeat, I remember that's what I ended. $320. And a few months later, to see little Rara be born. And then two years later, Noah be born. And I remember as Tina was in the hospital both times, I, I was staying there with her and I remember coming out to get some food on Long Beach Boulevard. You see the building to your left, or yeah, 
abortion clinic, our kids were born right across the street. Long Beach Memorial Hospital. There's no way I can ever walk away from God. And if I'm ever tempted to, I'm just going to go take a walk on Long Beach Boulevard. What's your Long Beach Boulevard? What are you grateful for? What has God done in your life that you can say, I'll never walk away? I am so grateful for this. This thought, what I'm sharing, I protect it. Because it's from God. It's my story. It's my past. It's who I am without God. But it's also who I am now with God. And it's also who I'll be if I continue to walk with God. And I took this picture on May 25th because that was the day it happened. And 12 years later, that is my reminder to myself of God's grace. You know, Paul went around and he killed Christians. And he would tell this story. And a lot of his audience were like, dude, I don't relate to that at all. That's immature. You may not relate to my story. The point is not my story. The point is the author and perfecter. The father of grace, of love, of truth. That this is what he's willing to do for me. How much more? Is He willing to do for you? How much more does He want to end your generational sin and break those chains? And in verse 10, Paul says, let's have a vision for ourselves. And in verse 10 it says, for we are God's workmanship created in in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Prior to that, he clarifies, hey, you can't come into grace by your deeds. It's all about God's grace and you putting your faith in Him. But then he says, but now that you have received that faith, just so you understand, God's created you to do some great things. No good works can produce salvation. But many good works are produced by salvation. One of the reasons we love being in the teen ministry is because of what I shared earlier. The teen and I grew up in broken families and now we get to be in the battle with God, with Jesus walking with them, not as enemies, but as partners, as His workmanship. And we get to see families come together in Christ. Completely the opposite of what was our upbringing. Now we get to see many of the teens study the Bible and avoid the stupid things that I did. Complete the opposite of me. You know, God, this is my scripture. You can, you can borrow it. This is my scripture. That He created me in Jesus so that I can do good works for Him. And when I feel guilty... I want to do things to feel closer to God, but really, there's nothing I can do. If anything, I could just make myself more available to Him by being open in prayer with some other Christian, sharing my thoughts, but it just makes me available to receive the grace 
And when I understand that love and that grace, then that motivates me to go and pour my heart out one more Friday night, one more Bible study. Amen? And so imagine, if this is God's heart for all of us, what will your life be like if you walk with God all of the days of your life from this day till the last till the last day he came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him yet to all who receive him to those who believe in his name he gave the right to become children of god children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You've given up your life to God and you've become a Christian. The past, the present, the future makes complete sense. If you're coming around God, second or third time, or you've just drifted away from God, hey, God is still pursuing you. You may think here because you're here because you're kind of pursuing God, and that's great, but hey, God's been pursuing you this whole time. We are a fellowship that would love to help you connect with your Father in Heaven. I'm so grateful that I get to be friends to this two little Simbus. But the reality is, I'm going to need a lot of help. And I'm so grateful that I don't get to be a dad on my own. But that I have so many fathers so many godly men here that can correct me and train me and show me again and again again, this is God's grace. Amen? So we challenged earlier those who have parents at home or dads at home to encourage them, hey, for the rest of us, we have people in our lives that love God, that want to share their hearts with us. Let's not waste that either. Let's be open to them. We're going to say a prayer for communion as we connect with our Father in Heaven and what He did for us. But I want to encourage you today to write three things that display God's grace in your life. Just do it right now. Do it quickly. Do it on your phone. Text yourself. Figure that out. What are three things? Don't, don't overthink it. Don't try to say what's the most important thing. Just whatever comes to mind first. Just write three things that display God's grace in your life. I think you kind of heard mine, but I don't want to say it because then you'll want to do the same thing. Have your own. For the fathers, happy Father's Day. Thank you for who you are and what you're trying to continue to be. And I want to encourage you to share with your kids your favorite quality about God. Sometime today at lunch, before the game, just share with them your favorite quality about God, your Father, and why. Amen? God is good. This story of grace is not just mine. It's all of us, because that's who God is. I hope you feel loved by Him today. Let's pray.
Happy Father's Day to you, the best dad ever. Thank you so much for who you are and what you do for us, even when we don't ask for it, even when we don't want it, and obviously because we don't deserve it, and yet your love is present. And we know that you committed to us to become our dad and for us to become your sons and your daughters when Jesus took the cross. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you wrestled and that you chose to say, rise, here comes my betrayer, and embrace torture and pain. That you, Lord, lost the relationship with your Father so that we can have it or have the opportunity to have it. Help us today to connect with you more, to be more grateful for you, and to have a vision for our lives. If we were to walk with you from this day to our last day, who will we be? Dad, we want to be like you. We do want to imitate you. and We want to know you more and more. As we take the bread and the juice, God, and we take communion and remember the cross and the sacrifice, I pray that all of us would understand those three things to display your grace in our lives. And then we would plant them in our hearts and say, I will never walk away because here is, this is who my Father is. Love you, Dad. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.